0: Let's face it, Brit happens. Success is rarely a straight line. It's a journey with many twists, turns, potholes, and unwelcome detours. The secret, however, lies in how we react. Keep listening to learn how to effectively respond to life's curveballs, improve your resilience, and how winners pivot from setbacks to success. I'm your host, Brittany Sharpton. Let's get started. Hi, I am very excited to welcome Miami-Dade County Commissioner Steve Bobo, who is also running for Miami-Dade Mayor, and the big day is just about 33 days away. Welcome,
1: Commissioner. Thank, thank you for the opportunity. Wow, you just said 33 days away. I gotta get, I gotta do something. <laughs>
0: well, I, I see you online. You're super active. Visiting the elderly, you're doing the vecinos ayudando vecinos, neighbors helping neighbors. So I've been following that. I think we're on day 83 or 84
1: now. Today will mark day 88 88? of uh, okay. helping neighbors. Yeah. As soon as once we're done here, we're gonna we're at Amelia Earhart Park, and we'll be serving folks that are coming through, uh, getting food and supplies as we're dealing with navigating through this pandemic.
0: Right. I see you with your collection of patriotic, um, different masks. So I'm like, what is he gonna have on? To? That's like the new outfit of the day.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Who who would have who would have predicted that, you know, last year that the mask would have been the uh, you know, the status symbol of our community. Incredible, huh?
0: Right. It used to be maybe the tie for men and obviously women in your bag or whatever, but something twenty twenty has been quite a year and we're only in, in July.
1: Oh Lord, yeah, I'll tell you.
0: So, Commissioner, you have represented District 13 since 2011. You served as the chairman in 2017. If elected mayor, what would you do differently that you didn't do as a commissioner?
1: Well, actually, what I would try to do is apply the same principles I did as a district commissioner. I try to be very inclusive in the decisions that we make. You know, I don't know if many people know or not, but Uh, you know, in District 13, we have an advisory group that advises the commissioner on community issues. And we've, um, you know, taken a lot of their ideas, a lot of their input, and tried to implement it in the county. Uh, During COVID-19, we've also uh, created a working group of business leaders, of healthcare experts, of teachers and educators in my district that could help navigate and perhaps give input to the county on things that we're seeing on the ground. You know, sometimes when you're on the 29th floor or you're in the silo of the county, you know, you start losing touch sometimes with what goes on in the grassroots. And, and I think government is much more effective when we're, you know, literally amongst the, the population getting, uh, you know, getting a feel of what's going on, you know, policies that are, that are made, decisions that are made, uh, you know, they have a ripple effect. And sometimes when you're on the ground, when you're like where we're at today, where we're going to be passing out food. Um, you know, you get a good sense of what's going on amongst the residents there. And that, that to me, is is critical. You need to always stay in touch with the community to make sure that the policies that are being implemented, uh, you know, are working in a positive way. And when they're not, you need to be able to correct quickly.
0: Right. And like you said, we're in unprecedented times. I always joke that's the new buzzword, but it's true. Would you say that Miami needs, particularly now, a visionary or real leadership and if so how do you fit that description
1: well i, I think what miami day needs more than ever now is just straight talk and um, you know transparency in in how we govern you know for a long time it seems like insiders were the ones that were running county government you know it's a culture that was developed in the late 90s where you know those uh, what we say in spanish the amiguismo you know the cronyism those that were you know friendly with the mayor or the administration would get their way and we saw that you know M- Miami Dade and the city of Miami back in the late 90s through the early 2000s was really a laughingstock of of the, of the nation you know they were writing books about the corruption and the and the you know misspending of money And I think what residents want is just straight talk. You know, what are our needs in our community? How we're going to fund them? How we're going to address them? And just be transparent in the way we do it. It happens in transportation. It happens in housing. It happens in sea level rise, environmental issues. And I think right this moment, as we try to start mapping a recovery, and I think, you know, the best way to describe this is we're writing a manual. You and I are writing a manual that has never been written before. We would have never done this on, on Zoom, you know, six months ago. Yet now Zoom has become almost a constant in all of our lives, right? So as we're writing this manual, I think we need to start talking in terms of what does that recovery look like? Look, I don't want a new normal. Uh, I'll do a temporary normal, but I want to go back to normal. I want to go back to a space where we had unemployment literally at under 1%. I want to go back to a place where the biggest gripe we had was transportation and traffic, and how to work to get those things done. And I think the the only way to handle these things is with a conservative measure to make sure that the county is fulfilling the mission it was created to do. Remember, you and I pay property taxes for basic services, fire, police, water and sewer, fix our roads. Yet, it seems that county government over the course of the last couple of years has been moving progressively to the left and now fulfilling a social need, which I think are better suited for the federal and the state government and not the local government, which only leads to, in my opinion, more regulations, higher taxes in the long run. And that's something I think many of us uh, really wanna get away from. We wanna just make sure our government, our county government is fulfilling the needs that we designed it to do.
0: You are now the vice chair, but you served as the chair of the South Florida Regional Transportation Authority. And I saw you at a forum, you did an excellent job about 18 months ago in the city of North Miami Beach. Why haven't some of those initiatives, this was about rail and transit-oriented development, why haven't these things progressed?
1: Well, actually, they are progressing. There's a lot of movement going on in many of our corridors. Uh, we, We created, and this is kind of technical for many, but we created these rapid transit zones that allow for higher density, more development along the corridors. It does a couple of things. It helps us build housing that may require not having a car. And I know that saying that in in certain parts of our county you know heads would pop right uh you you need a car investor you need a car in kendall but if you live along one of these corridors there's a space there that you could actually be able to use um you know density issues and not have a car you could literally walk to a transit station so they're happening we're starting to see movement along that line you're going to see a station in aventura shortly brightline is now aggressively collaborating with the SFRTA, with tri-rail to create service along the Northeast that would serve North Miami, North Miami Beach, Aventura. Uh, that That's significant compared to where we were literally two years ago or three years ago before we started really talking about these subjects and trying to create solutions. You know, down South, you're going to see for the first time development of transit nodes. It's going to be bus at first with the idea of it being then switched over to train in the future. But, you know, you need the density. You need the ridership in order to get to the numbers you want for, for federal funds and for trains. So there's a lot going on, a lot going on. And not to mention, because we can never forget that 97% of our population move via car. We're already implementing a plan that's going to light synchronize everything in the county. You know, it's going to be basically ways uh, they're going to read off our cell phone um, images or signal and be able to synchronize all the lights in our community. And we think that's going to help really in the divide of, you know, moving cars in a more efficient way. But all this is happening all at the same time. After for years, nothing was going on because of the failed promise of the half penny, really the grand lie of the half penny. And, um, you know, the board now has been working feverishly for the last six years to start implementing things that many of us that will be leaving the county, hopefully I'll come back in a different capacity, but those that are leaving the county want to see something happen. And I think we have an obligation to our residents to make something happen.
0: I'm excited about the progress. I lived in Philadelphia for school in New York. So I always think Miami has such a potential to be this world-class city that we keep talking about, but we're missing transportation, which is huge. So I'm hoping that I'm not a great grandmother before I can get on something. I mean, bus is fine. I'm ready for the rail. And I know the last mile is also an issue, but that's a whole nother podcast.
1: Well, if if you're a great-grandmother when that happens, I won't be around. So you just scared me. Don't don't say that. Don't say that. It'll <laughs> happen before. <All> right.
0: <laughs> you mentioned something also that's an important. A lot of people complain about how difficult it is to do business in Miami-Dade County because it's so political. There has been also a lot of talk with equity and contracting label with Miami-Dade County. So how can smaller, less connected firms actually participate in the billions of dollars that are spent by the county? Yeah,
1: the, the county's always created programs and avenues for those that wanna have access to have it. But I think you laid out something that's extremely important. What we've seen in many occasions is what I call the wise guys that put together groups to go out and try to get a contract, you know, put what I call a, a token representative with really no uh, access to the lion's share of the contracts, and that that's unfair to be perfectly honest with you. And while I'm not a fan of set asides, I am a fan of trying to reward those that could deliver the best project possible. And um, and I think there's a lot of low lying fruit there at the county where you know vendors could come and. And grow their businesses by maybe partaking in some of those smaller contracts that we have as they start building up. But as mayor, I want to be mindful, you know, I want to help local businesses. And I know it gets kind of convoluted at times because there's a national firm that might have a local presence. But when I talk about local businesses, you know, I'm talking about the homegrown, you know, mom and pop operations in our community. You know, I was, I was raised Uh, in a small business. uh, My parents started a business that they had for many years. And I remember, you know, from the age of 14, 15 years old, working with my parents over the span of maybe 20 years that my parents had their their business. And, you know, I, I got an understanding of the plight of a small business owner, the sacrifice of a small business owner. And I think one needs to reward that. One needs to encourage that. You know, the backbone of our community nationwide it's small businesses, you know. Obviously, big businesses are important, but you know, you go down up and down the streets of Miami-Dade County, you're going to find small business after small business, and I think they need to have when they can access to government contracts at the county, and and they should not have to lawyer up or lobby up in order to do it. Uh, and I think that ultimately ends up costing us as taxpayers because these projects cost more money. Um, because they have to spend so much money in order just to get access to it.
0: What are the top three priorities of the community and how can you fix them? I know you touched upon some, probably more than three, but if you had to prioritize your top three, what would you
1: say those were? Yeah. And so let let's put to the side for a second the fact that we're going to all be concentrating probably for the next two years, if not longer, on covid recovery you know the impact that we're feeling now is going to have a ripple effect and we think it's going to impact you know property taxes our budget uh and we need to be mindful of that but if we put that to the side for a second because that we could spend you know hours talking about it look i i think transportation obviously is the number one issue in our community we need to make sure that we have an efficient transit system and options I don't propose to leave my car, but I do want to have options where I could take a transit system that takes me where I want to go. And I think that's critically important and we need to work toward that end. I think housing is, is more and more a problem that we need to uh, figure out how do we work with developers and incentivize developers that they could go ahead and help build workforce housing, low-income housing. And I think transportation and housing are kind of linked to each other. They could they could really help each other to create a space where people that uh, you know, young professionals might not need a car. Therefore they could afford something that normally they wouldn't be able to afford because they have all the expenses related to car. And look, I think if we as conservatives, if we come to the mindset that without a beach, without an Everglades, we have no South Florida. These are two economic engines that we need to protect at all costs. We need to make sure that we have clean beaches uh, that attract tourists, it brings business. We need to make sure that our Everglades are pristine because that also brings tourists, it brings business. And lastly, on the on this topic of, um, you know, clean water and beaches and, and Everglades, you know, it's important that we connect or help those that are on septic tank today connect to water and sewer. We see a lot of the damages that we're perhaps seeing because of sea level rises due to septic tanks and the water infiltration on these septic tanks that then have led for the first time in my life, as I could remember, multiple days of beach closures due to uh, fecal matter in the water. You know, these are three critical issues. You need to move in your community. You need to be able to live in your community and you need to attract business in your community. And, um, and I think these are the three priorities that the next mayor, not only you have to work in the short term, but I think start laying a path for long-term solutions. You know, we can't, we can't just do things in small bites. We need to set a foundation and and be a champion of a foundation that is sustainable. And we need to do it in a way where we just are straight up with folks, be transparent, be honest with them, tell them what it's going to cost, tell them how you're going to pay for it, and we can collaborate that way to get it done. But what we can't do, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to promise a lot of things. People buy into those promises, and then you never fulfill them. I think we've lived all that in Miami-Dade County. we got to get away from that. And in my mayorship, um, that's what I propose to do. That's what my candidacy is all about putting the taxpayer and the residents, the business owners first, and then we go, we go ahead and address the issues that we have in our community in a way that doesn't bankrupt us.
0: Right, like you said, transparency, accountability, maybe some way to scorecard the promises that are made so we're not having the same conversation 10 years down the line. And when me and your five kids are great grandmothers, we can look back and say, okay, this was actually done.
1: <laughs> I like that, I like that a lot better. <laughs>
0: Okay, Commissioner, these are the last three questions. I call them my fire round. So I'm gonna ask you something and you just spit out the first thing that comes to mind.
1: Okay, uh-oh. Here You're a little
0: nervous, but it'll be fun. <laughs> what was the last thing that you ordered on Amazon?
1: Uh, di- um, LED lights. Okay. I know, not, not sexy, I get it, I get it, I understand, but. My garage. The light I have in my garage really is inadequate. I saw an ad on Amazon and I, I did an impulse buy. I hope they. I hope they work. <laughs> if you had a one hundred
0: percent chance of succeeding, what would you attempt to do?
1: A hundred percent chance of succeeding. Uh, I would. Um, I would have rail all the way down south to Florida City and be the champion for all those that have been starving for for a long time
0: okay very noble and a great investment to our community all right if you can switch places with anyone who would it be and
1: why oh if i could switch places with anybody i would switch places with um i would switch places with someone like uh lebron james or lionel messi i would love what would feel when you have so many people cheering for you and at the same time when you have so many people rooting against you in that arena of competition, I would love to be able to switch place just for one day. But I'm I'm happy with who I am. So just for a day.
0: I was going to say, it's it's a double-edged sword, and the grass is not always greener. But that would be cool to see what it's like.
1: No, yeah, you know, where all eyes are on you at all times, and people want your autographs. I think that would kind of be cool, to just, but just to do it for one day. I like uh, I like the life I lead where I'm told to take out the garbage, and I do it humble. Uh,
0: Right. I go to the grocery store and people aren't, like you said, asking for an autograph. It feels good to have some sense of normalcy that I think we take for granted.
1: I think so, right? I, I miss actually those uh, conversations. One of the perks of being a commissioner is that when I do go to Publix or I go to Seranos, uh, um, I get uh, I get people that come up and we talk. Sometimes we talk politics. Sometimes we talk about, you know, uh, world events, uh, sports. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy those kind of conversations. I, I like to... Um, I like uh, in my community, especially in Hialeah, people are not shy about, you know, telling you that you look uh, fat on TV or that, you know, don't don't wear your glasses anymore. So it's it's okay. I don't mind. I think it's kind of fun.
0: It's refreshing. And they're probably like, if he is touting transparency, hey, I'm going to give him my transparent opinion.
1: Absolutely. That's one of the pleasures of serving the the residents of Hialeah there. They're always uh, very upfront and honest with you. Sometimes you don't like the honesty, but uh, you're always getting genuine people. And I like that. I like that a lot.
0: I'm sure I found that the more mature the demographic, the more honest they are.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) How can people find you online and get in contact with you if they want to see your platform or donate to the campaign or help out there? I see you have, I guess, someone in the driver's seat
1: for the food drive. Hey! Yeah, they're <laughs> waiting for it. So it's very easy. I, I will tell you something I never envisioned ever having in my lifetime was having a actual website. So people could go to stevebovo.com. They could find out everything they need to know about our campaign, the efforts that we're doing. We post pictures there. You'll also be able to see on the website uh, our platform. You'll be able to donate money if you'd like to donate money. And we post activities uh, where we're at, where we're serving. And uh, we always encourage those that want to come out. We have a Teen Bobo t-shirt that we'll give you just to come out and help us serve in our community. And uh, I'll tell you, one of the things that I have found, product of this pandemic, and it's, it's happened after hurricanes, we come together in Miami-Dade County. I'm, I'm amazed at the way folks in our community always are helping each other out, and it's to, I think, the integrity of our community. We're not as divided as many people would think. You know, uh, sometimes the media does a lot of good work to make us, you know, kind of divide us and, you know, break the left and right, black and white, conservative uh, Democrat or Republican Democrat. And what I find in most cases is that situations like this brings us together. We're helping each other. We're supporting each other. That speaks really, really well about our community makes me proud to be a resident of Miami-Dade County.
0: Likewise, I am a proud Miamian, no matter the jokes that I see online about because Miami or because Florida, I think this is one of the most magical places on the planet. And like you said, there's a lot more similarities regardless of political affiliation or background. So this is an unfortunate time, coronavirus, but it also brings us closer together. And I'm excited about the future. Commissioner, thank you so much. What time does the drive start?
1: Oh, it started already. They're they through and we invite you anytime you want to come on out. We got a t-shirt for you and you can help us pass out food.
0: Do I get a mask or I have to bring my own?
1: Bring your own, but if just in case, we'll have a mask for you. It might not be a, might not be a designer mask, but we'll have okay. a mask. I'll
0: take it. Enjoy the rest of your week. Best of luck in 33 days and I look forward to seeing you soon.
1: Well, remember, people start voting this weekend. Those that are getting mailed in ballots are going to be receiving them over the weekend. Make sure you vote. Can't help me if you don't vote.
0: Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Sure. Bye. Thank you guys so much for checking out today's episode of Brit Happens. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, or Google. You can also find me online at www.brithappens.com and on social media, Instagram or Facebook at Brittany Sharpton. See you next time.